one manage pain and the ups and downs of any adversity in life and keep going? How does one find resolve and determination through creativity and through some of the hardest moments of your life? In this episode of A Savored Life, we'll be talking to someone who has done just that, found resolve and determination and moments of beauty to help her create the most incredible art. Welcome to A Savored Life, a podcast that inspires you to live a more fulfilled life with mindful writing, intuitive cooking, and creative inspiration. I'm Sumaya Osmani, your host, and in each episode of A Savored Life, we talk about creative expression and freeing our preconceived ideas that hold us back from fulfilling our true potential. Today I'm joined by self-taught bookbinder and artist from West Yorkshire, England, Muniza Khan. Her work is inspired by her Pakistani and English heritage and her love for photography and the romance of vintage textiles that she loves to collect. Muniza believes in finding beauty in ordinary moments and objects. Today we'll be talking about the topic which is conquering pain through creativity and how to manage your working energy and your creative energy if you live with any kind of pain or chronic problems with your health or any kind of autoimmune conditions. And I just want to talk to you about how she finds her energy and her flow. Welcome to A Savored Life, Moniza. Hi, Samaya. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's wonderful to have you here again. And if you guys haven't heard her wonderful podcast before, I would love you. I would encourage you to go and look for episode eight, where Manisa talked all about her art and how to use decluttering to find creativity. So it's really great to get you here to talk about something that I know you live through. Hmm. So tell me a little bit about... Uh, your health you know I mean we're going to be really candid today and we're going to talk about you know what you live through on a daily basis oh (laughs) where do I start Um, I think uh, well one of the main things is that I try not to focus on the the doom and gloom of a uh, chronic illness diagnosis as much as I possibly can. Um, I mean, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in 2017, just shortly after I had um, finished treatment for um, cancer treatment after a relapse. So just going back a little bit into my medical history, (laughs) which is like a laundry list. Um, So I was diagnosed with uh, cervical cancer in 2014, then I was okay for about 12 to 13 months, and then I had a relapse in 2016. And I was treated um, during those few years, and then Towards the end of 2017, I uh, was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, which is rheumatoid arthritis. Um, similar in um, in the way that you know osteoarthritis is uh, more sort of a wear and tear, old age uh, problem where you would get joint pain, but it is different to osteoarthritis in the sense that it's more of a 
um, it's triggered by your immune system attacking your joints. So it affects every joint in my body. And um, it's just an ongoing, you know, daily struggle. I'm not on any medication for it. Um, I haven't been now for about two and a half years. I actually was on chemotherapy tablets for the rheumatoid arthritis that I have. But um, again, you know, that's the sort of medication that is used for treating a lot of autoimmune conditions. And having just come out of years of chemotherapy for cancer treatment, it was a bit of a, um, how can I put it? It was very disappointing Mm -hmm. for me uh, personally to have sort of detoxed my body from all the past medication and treatment that I had to then be told that, you know, I would have to go on these, this medication for life to treat uh, the rheumatism. Um, So I tried the medication for about a year and a half and it wasn't really helping me. And that's when I figured, um, that, you know, I need to do something more for myself, you know, as in Mm -hmm. holistic um, therapy, whether it is through nutrition, exercise, all of those things help immensely. But what I found most healing for me was to focus on um, as much as possible to try and focus on my my creative work and to feel, you know, um, the presence of each moment being present in each moment and just finding joy and beauty and peace within those moments especially when um i'm going through flare-up situations where you know the um the immune system just attacks the joints to Mm -hmm. the point where you know you can't move which obviously then has the detrimental effect of um affecting your mental health as well yeah. because you know you it's 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 a strange uh strange illness in the sense that it has brought a lot of um it's given me a real sense of gratitude in my life but it's also you know made me grieve a lot as well mm-hmm. so it's like that duality of holding grief and gratitude in the yeah. same moment and um, I mean, grief can have many different faces, you know, I mean, most most feelings of grief can come from, say, you know, losing a loved one or the end of a relationship or something like that. And mm-hmm. with time, that kind of grieving, well, so they say, lessens with time. But when you're living with the loss of your former self or a, a, a part of you that you miss that mm-hmm. you know that you can no longer tap into that's a different kind of grieving because you're holding it every single day so to to sort of come out of that grieving process is the only way forward for me is um you know is is to to battle it by surrendering (laughs) (laughs) surrendering to the grief and acknowledging that okay you know i there are limitations i can't do a lot of the things that i once could and um it affects my work as well you know in many ways i 
can't do certain tasks anymore. So, you know, that can also have a detrimental effect on depression and bouts of depression and what have you. So if I wasn't mindful about being open to surrendering to that and also finding you know ways to create something beautiful out of it even though this is now my life I don't want it to define me but Mm -hmm. it is something that you know I I um I'm coping with every single day every moment yeah yeah no I think you you know you've said something really interesting in all this and that is you know the acceptance of it is the first step of not allowing it to affect you on a daily basis, even if it really, really does. And I think that's the first thing that a lot of people who suffer from any kind of, you know, pain or adversity Mm. find it really hard to accept it because it is that, you know, like I think what I really love what you said was the grief and the gratitude part because grief has so many stages and, you know, one of them is acceptance and the last one is letting go. And Mm. it is when you actually let go of the grief, which, you know, is a reality in all our lives. Mm. It's how do you get to that point? Because it's not so easy for everybody to have the resolve and be astute enough to know that if they really want to move ahead and live in this world, they have Mm. to let go. So how, where do you start with that? I mean, it's not an overnight process, you know, this, these sort of things take time and it's, it's, it's being, I think the one main thing that helped me was being comfortable and um, comfortable with my own solitude as in it, it, having a chronic illness or any condition, whether it's depression or um is some other condition that you know is invisible mm-hmm. can be very isolating because nobody really knows what you're going through unless you tell them and it's not because it's not vis- it's not visual you can't see it on the person's face um or in the way they they may be i mean like one day i could be dancing around the studio and i'll be dressed up and i'll have makeup on and (laughs) and i'll feel like a million dollars and within you know that very same day i could could suddenly have a flare-up just out of the blue and um i could be relegated to the sofa or my bed for the rest of the week so i think um finding the first thing obviously is to accept the fact that this is the way things are for you now Mm -hmm. like you know feeling feeling vulnerable and in tune with your emotions in that moment is really important as well so I think it's really important to let go and be you know if you're feeling grief let yourself feel the grief Mm-hmm. You know, you don't always have to be okay and you don't always have to pretend that you're okay to people who are your nearest and dearest because oftentimes, you know, people with a chronic illness can feel like they're burdening other others that are looking after them, yeah. like, you know, caretakers. Um, so I think it's finding comfort in certain things that, that you can focus on in those moments when you feel like the future might feel very bleak you know Mm -hmm. because I mean 
sometimes I'll think, oh, you know, what am I going to be like in 10 years time if I feel like I'm 150 right now? (laughs) (laughs) But then like this morning I woke up and my, my whole skeleton just felt like it was off kilter. Like, you know, it just wasn't within my body. And, um, I went and I sat outside in the garden. Thankfully, it was a nice sunny day, even though it was freezing. So for me, the main thing is to, when I'm feeling like that, I need to focus on sort of ephemeral things, like mm-hmm. ephemeral beauty. Like I find creating ephemeral beauty really helps. So sitting in the garden, just, you know, maybe fiddling about with, leaves or flowers or something like that you know watching the light dance on objects around my studio these all feel like they're little like it's a guidance from above for me helping me to focus on the present moment rather and to to help me take my mind off the pain and off of you know this um what many people may see as a death sentence I You know, at times I feel like that, but a lot of the times I try and focus on what it's teaching me and it's teaching me to be more present and and to um, lend more self-care moments to myself, most of all. But yeah, I mean, my work is a big part of it. If it wasn't for my work, I I really don't know (laughs) what, what state I would be in. I think that the, the the beauty of what you do is is interesting because I think that when someone suffers from something that is such a big part of their lives that that you know can affect their daily life, if they have any kind of creative element within them, if they have any talent, sometimes so many people will just throw it aside and say, there is no way I can create. There is there's nothing in me to give to this, this beautiful part of me. Mm. And it is, I mean, I have to say that your mindset is what's inspiring. And, and it's really, it's really wonderful to hear that you have used you know, the ability to focus on the moment and create or focus on the moment and pick up these little bits of beauty in nature. I want you to just give us a little bit of like thought as to how do you actually find the ability to do this? Because, you know, it's not easy. And it's, it's, it's amazing that you've been able to tap into this part of you. But if you were to give advice to somebody as to what they should do to not let go of this beautiful part of their lives, which is this ability to create and use it to heal. I think, uh, I mean, well, create creativity. I mean, we come from creation. So our innate nature is to be creative you know, beings, that's, that's just the way, the way it is. And somewhere along the lines or somewhere between being a child and becoming a grown up, we kind of lose that ability to, to, um, tap into it easily. You know, it becomes this, it becomes this thing that we have to make time for and that we have to find other, um, objects to enable us to, to create with, but, uh, when I say objects, I mean, you know, you can create with just visualizing things in your mind if you can, if you're not in a position where you can physically create. So when I'm in a situation of, say, if I'm in a flare up situation, I, I literally can't use my hands and I can't move very well or walk. 
So, you know, it doesn't, it means that I'm not in the studio. So for me in those moments, if I, if I didn't try and create some kind of ephemeral visual beauty within my mind, I, I don't know. I, it would just, the, the, the condition would just consume me, you know? And I think, when you get consumed by it like that, you just fall in a hole and then it's very hard to get out of that hole. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's about avoiding that, that space. I don't, I've been in that space for many, on many occasions and for, for a long, long time. And I don't want to go back there. So discovering that, um, I can still, be creative even when I'm not using my hands and making a tangible object you know I can if I'm lying in bed um you know I'll make sure that I have something pretty on my bedside table like whether it's a vase of flowers or you know some books that I I, um want to read or you know even making sure that the blinds are open uh, the window maybe open a little bit just letting breeze in I can hear the birds singing or people walking by children playing in the distance all these sort of things lend Mm -hmm. to um feel making you remember that you are here still you know you're still in this moment and feeling present because it's really important for people with uh, chronic illness or you know any neurodivergent type people or people that have depression to um feel present it's it's i mean for anyone it's important but even more so for people like like us so um Mm -hmm. because otherwise you can just spiral into you know into a place it it's very hard to get out of so for me it's not it's not a luxury it's a necessity Mm -hmm. i have to do this on a daily basis and you know i mean even creating ephemeral beauty in in challenging times like if you're if it's in painful or challenging times it, it can be you know it's 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 self compassion you know you're not you're not um relying on somebody else to pacify you yeah. in that way you need you need to i think for me the main um thing that has has helped me a lot is learning how to pacify myself when yeah. when i'm um in in that space because um no one else can do that really you know you no. you, you don't want sympathy from people um you don't necessarily want people to be asking you all the time how you're feeling because if <laughs> if someone was to ask me how am I do- how are you doing today Manisa I'd be like well if you want me to tell you the truth <laughs> you know how long have you got but you know so I tend not to I think also humor you have to find yeah. the humor in it because if you didn't laugh you'd cry so yeah the best exactly. thing is to you know just focus on on um where wherever you can create beauty in whatever shape or form that means something to you it doesn't have to be you know life a life-changing masterpiece it doesn't even have to be a tangible object it can just be in your mind no I think that's beautiful and 
you know, one of the things I would love to ask you about is there's, there's lots of people out there that have used, you know, art therapy to help them through terrible times. They've used writing therapy to, you know, write through terrible times. So this is mm. not something new. It's it's mm. just that it's very difficult to get started and it's very yeah. difficult to shift your mindset into mm. looking at the fact that the present can be two things. It can either be the reality of the pain or the adversity, or it can be the reality of what's in front of you and that you could take that and focus it on and make yeah. that your present so like for example if there's somebody out there who wants to find something so say they are not a natural artist or uh, or writer but they want to find something so I think the first thing that people say is something that you just said at the end there which was that even if you know it's not if even if it's not something you do like you don't draw just play so what would you would you would you agree with that that even if you're not really the best artist or the best writer just do it yeah definitely because I mean you know I mean what how do you define great art or writing you know it, it Anything that is created, I think, has the capacity to be to be beautiful. You know, yeah. it doesn't even have to be beautiful. It can be something that is um, very meanif- meaningful to you. It doesn't have to, you know, be pretty. It could be very. Um, it could be something that uh, stirs emotions in in mm-hmm. ways that are not um, aesthetically pleasing to everybody but if it is to you then that's all that counts and I mean doing these sort of um mindful practices when you're feeling um low or in pain or you're grieving the loss of someone something or the loss of your former self it it's all uh, it cannot it can be a very uncomfortable and challenging Mm -hmm. also very challenging thing to do but um, I think that if, you know, just going back to, you know, talking about surrendering to the grief that you feel, it's, it helps, that's the first step, obviously, is surrendering and then finding ways to create something out of that because grief can also be, you know, um, a lesson in in your life that can yeah. help you find your true north path, you know, your, is, is that the way you would tell yeah, it? Yeah. North or true, yeah, your, true your north. north star. Yeah, your north star. The path, the path that you're meant to follow because, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, when I finished cancer treatment, I was actually still creating wedding guest books just before that. Throughout my treatment, I continued working as much as I possibly could. And but I I didn't want to continue working with um in the within the wedding industry like creating guest books and albums. Um, but when I finished my treatment, I actually just fell straight back into it because it was what I knew, mm-hmm. what was comfortable. But even even then, I didn't want to do it. I didn't like it. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It wasn't fulfilling me creatively. But I continued to do it because it was familiar. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're if you're ready and willing to see the lessons that you know certain situations or life experiences bring to you, they're always pointing you. I think to to where you really need to be. And for me, 
you know, having deadlines and uh, working with a deadline didn't work, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. something that was in, that I could manage anymore. And in, in that way of realizing that I then began changing my um, style of work towards more using more of my vintage textiles that I've been collecting and creating journals um, you know, using my own artwork and and creating more work for more books for writers and artists and and but if I hadn't had that moment uh, th- that period in my life where I I went through um, you know all these horrific treatments I don't know whether I would be doing what I'm doing now mm-hmm. do you know what I mean There's always yeah. something good that comes out of it always. Always. Yeah. And I think also like for people who don't um, suffer from something on a daily basis like this, even sometimes life throws challenges and it makes you have to shift the way you do things. Yeah. And even if yeah. it's very uncomfortable, you have to shift it. And, you know, you go through this depression and this uh, sort of loss and grief of having not no longer being able to do something. But the fact is the new thing that's come before you can make mm. you do things that you would have never done and puts you on this completely new mm. path that is actually the best path for you. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's just about accepting when those changes take place and accepting that they are meant to bring you to bigger and better things for you. Exactly. And it's really important to be honest honest with yourself as well. You know, I've, I mean, journaling is a, a really good uh, practice, obviously, for um, working your way through what is most important how you're going to achieve those moments of uh, calm and peace with yeah. when you're when you're at your worst and you know i mean being honest and 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 looking at everything that um is is coming at you that's making you feel uh low or ill or you know even if there is no cure for whatever it is mm-hmm. that someone may be suffering from there are ways to manage it and and to help us cope with it and i think music and film um you know reading writing poetry all these things are so important you yeah. know especially in this day and age that we live in where there's other than you know factors that people may be uh, dealing with in their own daily lives personally there are external factors as well like you know the way the world is at the moment all of these things can can affect our well-being and it's important to tune into ourselves just to practice absolutely and it's gratitude as well yeah 100% and I think if anything has taught us this in the last few years of this uh, you know this pandemic and everything not Mm. no more than any other time have people realized how the importance of art of music of film Mm. of creativity of nature all the things that we think are not important or don't have that much Mm. of a big space in our lives or shouldn't really because work is so important to everybody I think that more than anything this is the most therapeutic thing in a human's life i think it is the glue that is yeah. holding everything together at so. the moment and so. always has i mean if you can you, yeah I, if it wasn't for uh beauty beauty in this world whether it's from nature or from what we create music and film and that sort of thing you know it would be I, I wouldn't want to live in it no. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live in a world without any of that I agree so I agree. you know I mean it's it's been 
something that has uh, been around for centuries yeah and you know it's not going anywhere i think um there's enough people in the world that create and create such beautiful things and and beautiful music and you know a write i mean yourself like you know you've written your new book which i cannot wait to read <laughs> next next spring yeah so you know if you if we didn't pursue our creativity in especially in times of um you know and uh, in times of adversity or hardship or you know if you're going through pain or grief if we didn't pursue pursue beauty in those moments um intentionally then i don't know when would be the best time to do it you know that that is one of the most important times in a person's life when we need to make more space for it more than usual more than usual yeah agreed 100 percent. well that was an amazing talk thank you so much for your time so tell me Manisa, what are you up to right now with uh with your art with your book binding tell us what you're up to at the moment Mm -hmm. well this year has been a bit of an odd one for me because again in my um chronic issue has sort of (laughs) gone off the charts so a lot of the plans (laughs) that I had have been put on a back burner like for instance at the moment I can't work with leather anymore so that was really getting me down but then I realized that you know what that's okay we'll put the leather work on a back burner and just continue to do what I can control right now that's you know another thing is focusing on what you can control So for me right now, I'm working on, um, I'm trying to put in more time for painting, create more time for Mm -hmm. painting, and I'm looking to revive my old love of block printing. Oh, I love it. So I've been creating some new work uh, secretly (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it's been quite some time since I block printed larger pieces. And I'm also working on, hopefully in the new year, I'm going to be launching a new collection using my vintage textiles. So that's something Lovely. I haven't really been able to uh, bring myself to cutting them all up. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, rather than them just piled up in a in a um, cabinet, they're better on a book yeah. uh, sent out into the world where people can fill them with their with their own creativity and yeah. in a way that that textile can live on. So yeah. that. that's what I'm working on right now. That sounds very exciting. And you talk about block print. And the funny thing is block print is one of those things I absolutely love. And I know that you started your career with a lot of block printed based things. And when you first were very young, because I obviously Mm. know people you should know that I've known Muniza since I was 14. So (laughs) we were in school together and we've remained friends since. Um, And I know that was something that you always loved. And it's something such a deep part of our heritage uh, and where we grew up. And yeah. it keeps coming back, even on the fashion, on the catwalks. It's, you know, mm. I mean, obviously it's a traditional art, but it's always coming back. It's always having a revival, even in the fashion world. Yeah, I mean, these sort of heritage uh, crafts will never really die out, you know, as much as the industries t- try to um, to kill them off. There there are pioneers out there that are trying to you know, keep it, keep them up and running, which is really, you know, 
quite something. It really is. Well, Monisa, thank you so much for your time. And I really enjoyed chatting and I'll speak to you again soon. All right, then, Samaya. Thank you for having me on your podcast again. Okay. Take care. Bye. Sometimes finding a community of like-minded creatives and writers can really help you find resolve and accountability and friendships. If you're looking for a space to find retreat recipes and writing inspiration, my monthly membership called Savored is reopening in January of 2023. The waitlist is below and I'd love to see you there. Finally, if you love a savored life and wouldn't mind reviewing it on your platform that would be much appreciated thanks so much for listening to a savored life with me sumaya and until next time choose a slower life choose a savored life <laughs>